Hello and welcome to the maiden voyage of 24K, the official podcast of the Denver Nuggets. I am Christopher Dempsey, and we are very excited to bring this venture to you guys. We will be talking Nuggets um, with you on a weekly basis. This will be news and notes and guests and all kinds of fun stuff, and it will be fun because we have Katie Wenji along with us. And just exactly who is Katie? Well, she is the newest addition uh, to Altitude Sports, and we are very happy to have her. Hello, Katie. Demps, you're so kind. You're so kind. You're awesome. It's going to be fun because you're one of the hosts of this 24K <laughs> podcast that we're doing weekly. What's up, Nuggets fans? So to, in order to introduce you to guys to Katie, let's just let's go over your history. Katie, where did you come from? My history. Well, Minnesota girl, born and raised, Midwest. Um, I love Minnie with all of my heart. If you follow me on any social media... You already know that. The land of 10,000 plus lakes is my home. The homeland. Um, grew up there. Loved it there. My family is all still there, so I go back there as often as I can. Um, got recruited after high school to play basketball at Illinois State University. Shout out Redbirds. Let's do it. The same Redbirds that just beat Colorado State? Correct. Oh, okay. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, you don't care. You didn't go to CSU. That's right. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I played there for four years, uh, started for three, was a three-year captain, um, had a coaching change halfway through, so it was ups and downs and all sorts of things, learned a lot about myself, but more importantly, learned how much I loved the game of basketball um, in that time period, and so played for four years there, then went and ran around Europe for a little bit. Yeah. Amazing. That's, yeah, <laughs> we should all do that. Yes, everybody, <laughs> I encourage everybody to do those things. Um Got a job in local TV in Minnesota, so moved back there. Then found out I got into the grad program at Northwestern, so decided to go back to school, get my master's at Northwestern, and then I got the Nuggets job. So I moved to Denver about a year ago, a little over a year ago. So I'm relatively new still to the Mile High City, but I love it. I had no idea how quickly I would fall in love with Denver. It was like I was here, and I was like, whoa, this is like maybe where I'm meant to be. Right. This isn't the most amazing place. I love it so much. So... Um, it's been such a blessing and so much fun. I've loved every second. Obviously, I was in arena uh, last season doing courtside countdown. Right. Hopefully, y'all that are listening know what that is. Um, and then decided to make the move to altitude after last season. So I will be doing reporting, hosting, analyst, all sorts of things now for altitude TV. So. Yeah, well, we're really excited and very happy to have you. And I, I think what you guys are going to love the most is just, well, one, she's just one of the funniest people you'll ever hear. So th like that's going to come through. You're in the, setting in the very high expectations, Dempsey. <laughs> it's, it's true. I, I can't stop laughing. Um, and then secondly, but and most importantly, is like she knows what she's doing. She knows what she's talking about. And I think the knowledge is going to come through, and it's going to be just a lot of fun, that combination of all of that. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun uh, going into this season. And so we're here in San Diego which the weather, very un-San Diego-like weather. It's not classy. Yeah, it's definitely not classy. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I was told California is sunny and beautiful all the time. This is like my second trip here. I went to Stanford basketball camp back in the day. Yeah. So I was in a gym the whole time last time I was in California. Yeah. Now being here, I'm 
why, what's the obsession? I don't understand. 300 days of sunshine in Colorado, people, but don't tell anybody that's a secret. That's the truth. But not here. It's um, it's overcast. But hey, you know what? We spent most of our days in the gym so far. It's been the first, first few days of training camp with the Nuggets. Um, and, I, and I think a fair amount of things are happening uh, in, in camp. Um, but I think I'm going to give you the floor first. Just in the first few, um, couple of practices, few practices that we've I've been able to see what's what stood out to you so far. Well, to start the energy, and I know that that's cliche, and that's something that everybody's going to be like, oh, we're back to basketball. Of course everybody's excited. But the Nuggets have been a team that people have been excited about for a year or two now. There's been a lot of talk about, oh, there's a lot of young guys that are developing. Okay, well, those guys aren't young anymore. Like, it, they are here. They are ready. They're experienced. They're acting like veterans. I talked to Jamal Murray on media day. And he was like, I asked him, what do you want fans to know about you this year? Like, what's different? And he's like, I'm a vet as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> like, okay, Maul, like, let's settle down a little bit. But that's real. Like, they're thinking these way, this way. And, and the experience that they have is something that they're kind of backing on at this point. And we've seen that in the first couple of days of training camp. Those guys look ready, especially like Jamal Murray looks ready. Gary Harris looks ready. Um, that core group has been awesome. You can tell that they've been working this summer and putting in the time and getting stronger and faster and quicker and their skills have improved. So, and that shouldn't be surprising. Like that shouldn't be my first initial takeaway is like, oh, our core guys look really great, but they have stood out that much where it's like the Nuggets are ready. They're ready to take that next step. Yeah. This is going to sound uh, kind of weird, but when I, when you first look at those, especially that starting five and, and so we're, you know, Jamal, Gary Harris, um, Will's, uh, Wilson Chandler, <laughs> not, no not, longer, not, 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 not anymore. Uh, Will Barton, uh, Paul Millsap, and then obviously it'll be Nikola Jokic. Uh, the younger players who've had uh, to get stronger and watch their body—they look like men. I mean, they look like big physical specimens out there, and I just think that that is a was that specimen or spe special spe men? Special. I just want to clarify. Special men. Both. Both. Uh, <laughs> They look Both like of those things. Yeah, they do. Just physically, this team looks stronger. And, you know, listen, the fact of the matter is, is when a lot of these young players came in, they were still barely out of their teens. And so, you know, they're, they're growing into obviously being men and uh, that combined with the strength and conditioning program that they have been on. Um, I just think when you look at them, they look like, you know, they, they look mature. They look like they're a stronger group. And then, you know, but, but beyond that, I think the thing that stood out to me right off the bat is, you know, they have been able to kind of hit the ground running in a way that they could not do last year. I mean, last year it was who's the starting point guard and who's going to provide depth and how many minutes is this guy going to get? How many minutes is that going to be? There's about a thousand power forwards. How are they going to sort through all that? So kind of many things? questions. Right. And there are none of those questions this year. Not not a single one. They know who the starting five is. Uh, they know generally who's coming off the bench. Um, there are no roster battles at the end of the uh, at the end of the roster in terms of who's going to make the team or not. They literally could walk into the gym and get to playing basketball and not in a in a teaching sense from Oh, this is the uh, this is the the system that we're running. Here are our plays. Yeah, they know the plays. Now, obviously, there there's going to be there's new stuff put in, new wrinkles, all that kind of thing uh, going on. But just from the standpoint of a foundation being set already, 
Like it's, it's such an advantage to be able to do that, and the Nuggets weren't able to do that last year. They are able to do that this year, and I just think in some of the scrimmaging execution things, it really does show up. It's not nearly as sloppy as it could be, and um, I just think that's a big deal. I mean, think about that from a coaching perspective, too. Like, you don't have to worry about the basic foundation. You don't have to worry about putting in sets or establishing a culture or establishing identity. Yeah, those are conversations you're going to have, but now it's about refining as opposed to, like, completely building. And that is so exciting. It's something that Nuggets fans absolutely should be looking forward to at this point. Like, we're just building even further on the blocks that are already laid. And those guys are very confident in those roles and in those positions. It's only going to get better. So who's stood out to you uh, in in the early? And, and this is obviously this is very early in camp, and they have a long way to go. But there's there's been some 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 standouts. But who's to you comes to mind? Well, I'm going to s- steer clear of the core four essentially yeah. because those guys have really impressed me. But that's everybody knows how good they are and how they're going to be. Maybe they don't know how good they are. I think some of the Nuggets players are underrated, um, especially like the Gary Harrises. I even think Jamal Murray at times is underrated, but. Um, Trey Lyles for me has been outstanding so far in training camp. What has impressed me most is his basketball IQ and how he uses that on the floor. He recognizes mismatches. That's hard to say. Recognizes mismatches. Um, say that 10 times fast. Um, especially in pick and roll situations where he's the screener and they're either switching or they're Hedging or standing out, he can he slips to the basket really well. If he gets a guard switched on him, he's he doesn't mess around. He's going to the block and is going to post up, and he's great down low in those situations. But he also can curl screens and shoot pull-up threes and do all the things on the perimeter that a guard can do. Even Malone at Media Day was like joking about, oh, well, we can maybe see Trey Lyles at the three spot and go big. And I'm they totally could do that. Like Lyles is fully capable of guarding guards. He's that quick. And he said he's in the best shape of his life and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I saw him eating a donut on media day. So, like, (laughs) I don't know what that means. But um, everybody can enjoy a donut from now and then, even if you're in the best shape of your life. But Trey looks great. I mean, he's athletic. He's moving moving really well, moving the ball really well. Um, I've been really impressed with him. And then Monte Morris. Mm -hmm. um, I think with Isaiah Thomas being hurt, Monte recognizes the position that he's in. He's going to be that guy off the bench early on for the Nuggets. He's going to come in and sub for Jamal Murray, Will Barton, whoever's playing that point guard spot at the time, and get some significant minutes. He recognizes that opportunity. It's not something that he's taking for granted. It's something that he's putting the work and the time and the energy and the effort into. I mean, after the first day of training camp, he said that he got on the bus and started watching film on the way back from the gym. They had spent two and a half, three hours in the gym, and he instantly was like, I need to get better. I need to refine. There were a couple turnovers that I wish I wouldn't have had. He recognizes how he needs to improve and is really dedicated to doing that. It's Morris is going to be a fun little surprise, I think. He's going to be fun to watch. And I don't mean to say little. He is small, but I didn't mean to say little in that way. I know someone's going to say something about that. Do not say anything about it. He's got a big game. All right. Debs, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, but listen, uh, I, I, I think those two are right off the top. Absolutely, guys, that have stood out. And, and, and Monte Morris is an all-business kind of guy. You know, it, you know I, I remember even last season – he was still bouncing between the G League and the big team, the big club, and we watched. We he had a game. His team had a game in Utah at the same time the Nuggets were playing. That's right. In Utah. Yeah. 
And so we were able to go the night before and watch him play and interview him for uh, a piece on altitude and, and, and for the pregame show. And, you know, one of the things that he was saying that day was, you know, I, I don't, my mom always told me not to mess with my food. And, you know, which obviously is to say, listen, bring, you know, bring it every day. You, this is not a game. You are not messing. This is your job, and you you take it um, as seriously as you can take it. And and with Monte, he, he's so focused on the goal. He understands where he wants to be, and he's doing everything he possibly can to get there. What I've always loved about him, even coming out of college, was the ability to uh, play fast and not turn the ball over. I think he had one of the best assist-to-turnover ratios in NCAA history. Yeah, he has he a left. record. He has a record, yeah. for sure. And and that kind of stuff carries over. I, with that, It was impressive to me in, in, in college because he played in the Big 12, and the Big 12 is a speed-you-up conference. A lot of teams press and run, and for they're sure. trying to keep the pace very high. And if you uh, can keep the turnovers low in a conference like that, then... To me, this is a turnover record. It means even more than maybe a slower paced. Well, sure. everything's methodical, and you can see everything from a million miles away coming before you react to it. So you knew he was the real deal from that standpoint. He got into the NBA, and I think he's uh, certainly in the G League uh, proved that that is a total carryover. I mean, listen, if he, if he commits one turnover, he's mortified. Absolutely, <laughs> you know, he takes it personally. Like that's on. It's always on him. He's always like, I could have made a better pass. I could have made a better decision. Absolutely. And then, and from a shooting standpoint, I thought the G League was a huge help for him because what happened was at the beginning, he was playing the two for his team, which was the Rio, Van, uh, Rio Grande Valley Vipers. Um, so Also hard to say. Also hard to say. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of things in the coming weeks that I can't say. Tongue twisters. Yes. <laughs> uh, and so he was able to play off the ball, which he really obviously had really never done at Iowa State, and kind of refined his shooting and show that he can knock down shots. Can he catch and shoot? Can, you know, all those kinds of things. It helped a whole lot. I mean, he obviously transitioned back to, to point guard late in that season, but. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to Monte Morris, to seeing him uh, when the regular season begins, because I really do think this uh, young man has a very bright future, and I, I just think he has all the tools uh, necessary to, to be successful. Now strength is going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just, that's going to be an issue. At, at times, bigger guards, physical, um, might get knocked around a little bit. He'll probably work on his, he'll, he'll be able to work on his strength over the next couple of seasons anyway. Um, but outside of that, I don't see where, where he's overmatched. Are you um, thinking more so defensively in that standpoint, yeah, guarding yeah, bigger yeah, guys? Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's just going to be, I mean, there's, there's some big point guards in the NBA. And when you switch, you're going to be switching on to even bigger oh, yeah. even bigger players. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that'll, that'll be, you know, he'll have to navigate his way through that kind of stuff. But I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what he has to do. And then um, just in really quickly on Trey Lyles, I, I just have him as my breakout player of the year. I just think that much of his game um, when I went back and did film review of him after the season, I, you know, you sort of already knew that he was that he was very effective. Obviously, the shooting percentages and what he was able to do, like we could see that with our eyes. Mm -hmm. um, but then when you went back and watched it from the post to the perimeter, was really impressive. And I mean, he's over a point of per possession 
in a lot of different actions. So whether that be uh, post-ups, three-pointers, uh, whether that be... Um, you hit them with the, the stats, Yes. Yeah, you yeah. hit them with the stats. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really amazing. It and, is. And um, just a, as versatile an offensive player as you'll be able to see, and then you alluded to uh, him being in better shape, he looks great. I mean, that, I mean he looks great. Like, like he didn't eat too many donuts. <laughs> like that was the You can reward <laughs> yourself with a donut every once in a while. Uh, but but I, I'm looking forward to him because he's going to get more significant minutes. This is just what he was looking for last year. It was a little bit dicey. He played some and then could, didn't play late in the season, not as much anyway. Um, that's going to change. I mean, they need him yeah. on the court and they're going to need his production. Mm -hmm. Which they got more of him last year than I think anybody really expected mm -hmm. the Nuggets to have to use yeah. um, given injuries in different situations. And so we kind of got a glimpse of how great Trey Lyles really can be. And now that he's solidified that role a little bit more and recognizes he's going to be one of the first, second off the bench, I mean, that's easy to get motivated for, in my opinion. Like, okay, I had my chance. I earned it. I proved that I'm worthy of being on the court, being an NBA player and making plays and that sort of thing. And now he had all summer to work on that and refine that, and it looks like he really did that. But I do want to ask you too. Okay, yep. both of these guys, do you have an NBA comparison, an NBA player that you can compare to both of them? Because the reason that I ask this is because I don't think there are very many point guards with the mindset that Monte Morris has. He is a a true floor director, facilitator, pass-first point guard. And I feel like that is kind of a dying breed in the NBA. It, it just isn't – it doesn't happen yeah, very often anymore. point guards are scoring. Exactly. Mm -hmm. They have a scorers-first mentality, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But I don't even know who I would compare Monte to. And Trey is kind of the same way, the way he can take advantage of mismatches and can guard one, not one through five, but that's what it feels like sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, his quickness and ability, I just, they're two, they're so unique. Both of them are. And it's going to be interesting. Yeah, no, yeah, that's a good question. I, you know, I don't I don't know what the comparison would be for either one of those two guys. For Monte Morris, um, you know, yeah, he, he's kind of in a category of his own. I mean, he's got like a Rondo, maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think from a pass first standpoint, yeah. that would be the guard that you would go, okay, that's yep. a pass first guy for sure. And you know, so and yeah, he worked out with Chris Paul. I mean, mm -hmm. Chris Paul probably has a little bit more of a scorer's mentality, but as far as handles and navigating a team and that sort of thing, he gets a lot of what he does from Chris Paul. Yeah, yeah, floor general-wise. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and, and steals-wise with Chris Paul, actually with Rajon Rondo as well. Rajon Rondo, when he started in his career, was pretty much a lockdown defender like uh, at the point guard spot. That's fallen off a little bit, but he's still a steals guy. For sure. Like he can still get steals. Yep. And Chris Paul's always been a steals guy. Yep. Uh, Monte Morris, I think, will prove to be a steals guy as well. He was a pretty high-level steals guy in college. Mm -hmm. And just very quick in passing lanes and quick with the hands. He takes um, a lot of pride in his defense. Up. Yeah, that's. Sure. I mean, that's what he's. When you ask him what you think your role is going to be, that's one of the first things that he says is, mm -hmm. "I want to be a, a stop defender, like a hard defender that gets in people's face and can and shut down their their ball handlers essentially." Yeah, and we watched him in summer league pick up ninety four feet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because that was. You know, something that was like, whoa, I don't know how you have the energy to get this done yes. on a nightly day, on a nightly basis. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's taking pride in all aspects of his game. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch him uh, develop. And then with, and, and as with Trey Lyles, I mean, I, and listen, I, somebody jokingly said today while we were watching practice, 
you know, Trey Lyle, six man of the year this year. And I mean, but really though, yeah, I, listen, I, Isaiah Thomas is also coming off the bench for the Nuggets. Sure. And, and, and honestly, I think he, to me, is the guy that could absolutely be six man of the year. Yeah. If he's healthy and he plays, uh, you know, let's call it, if he plays in the 65 games, you know, area, yeah, he'll be in the running for that for sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, you know, he's going to put up numbers. I mean, that's just how Isaiah Thomas works if, of course. if he's healthy. So um, the Nuggets have a lot of intriguing um, uh, players on, on the roster really fast. Um, a couple of news and notes, uh, as maybe you know, maybe you don't know. Um, Isaiah Thomas obviously not participating just quite yet in training camp um, as he continues to rehab his hip injury. Michael Porter Jr., obviously, um, their top draft pick, not participating in camp um, as he continues to rehab uh, from uh, back surgery um, and, and all the things that kind of uh, hampered him at the University of Missouri uh, last year. Uh, so uh, Jared Vanderbilt is another player um, that he's got foot and ankle issues that he's um, continuing to rehab as well. So uh, those three are not participating to this point in camp, and uh, we'll just, as their situations evolve, uh, we will continue to update you on those. Um, uh, Jared Vanderbilt's guy, I think we're all very interested in seeing him. He's just so athletic. Intriguing yeah. is the best word, I think, for Vanderbilt. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So... Um, the, outside of that, those are the biggest news and notes. The, the Nuggets are going to be here uh, in San Diego all week long. And uh, they will play their first preseason game on Sunday uh, against the L.A. Lakers here in All San the Diego. days blend yeah. together. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> what day is it? I don't know. Training camp day. That's what day it is. <laughs> they definitely do. <laughs> It'll be the first of two games against the Lakers, um, LeBron James and company. How lucky are we? Can we just talk about that for a quick yeah. second? Yeah. First game for LeBron in a Laker uniform. First two games. Mm -hmm. Us Denver Nuggets fans get to take it all in. <laughs> it's going to be... It'll be wild. Listen, the Western Conference is going to be wild as a whole, right? I mean, LeBron to the Lakers, uh, you know, it's Golden State still out there as, as you know, the, the team that must be... Big. The team to beat. They yeah. are. Let's just call it what it is. Houston Rockets are still out there. I, I think teams like the New Orleans Pelicans show that they were uh, real players. I mean, with the way they operated in the playoffs last year, it was kind of eye-opening, really eye-opening. Um, as a matter of fact, so you have Anthony Davis out there, the Utah Jazz... Uh, I mean, the, the, the list goes on and on and it on really does. Uh, with the Nuggets. And, uh, but, but you know what? When you look at this Nuggets team, what, what, how, how do you see them kind of navigating uh, this Western Conference? And, and, and how do you see them fitting in? Offense. <laughs> That's how I see them navigating the Western Conference. <laughs> right. I mean, this Nuggets team should be one of the best offenses in the entire NBA. It should. Yeah. The way that they are able to distribute the ball, the way that they move together, the way that they play off of each other. That's where the strengths are, and I think that we need to all be very aware of that. That's what needs to happen. They need to play fast-paced basketball. They need to look to push the ball, and based on training camp, it looks like that's what they're putting emphasis on early on in this in this season. And um, the way that they are building chemistry and camaraderie and the flow of the offense and just seeing where it's growing. This goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning with these guys having played together for a couple of years now and building those types of I know where you're going to be, when you're going to be there. I know what kind of shot you want to take and where you want the ball to be thrown to you, that type of thing. Yeah. It's only going to make the offense more fun to watch. Granted, the NBA is becoming 
it isn't becoming. It is an offensive-minded league. Everybody wants to score. It's three-pointers. It's it's layups and dunks, and those are the two things that everybody wants to do. Um, and the West does it better than pretty much anybody. So for the Nuggets to be able to really compete, they need to be able to compete on the offensive side of the ball with just about anybody. Yeah, and this was a top 10 offensive team last year. Um, sixth both in points, uh, points, points scored, right around 110 points per game last year. And then uh, sixth also in offensive rating. Um, so you're just talking about a team that uh, offensively really was devastating at times. You know, I, I believe Michael Malone, I can't remember the date, uh, the date range that he gave, but basically it was somewhere in January, February to the end of the season, they were the number one total offense. And so, uh, you know, the Nuggets do it in a variety of ways. I mean, listen, they, they get you in the front court, they hit you with a, co- a couple quick handoffs, they get you into a pick and roll situation, uh, and then they get down into your paint. Uh, and, you know, from there, anything could happen. It's you know? so unpredictable, and yeah. that's what makes it so good. You can't scout it because everybody can do everything. Everything yeah. changes. You don't know what's coming. Yeah, and, and, and they're quick hitting. Uh, and then they're one of the better shooting teams in the NBA as well. So, I mean, if you're going to crowd the paint, they're going to kick it out. They're going to knock down threes. Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny because I can remember just it, listen, it really wasn't very long ago, not many years ago, that the Nuggets really struggled shooting. As a matter of fact, Michael Malone's first press conference, one of the first things he said is, you know, we just have to we we have to become a better shooting team. Look at you going in the archives. Yeah, I see a, you. <laughs> I remember that day, and he was not wrong. I mean, that was the team was not a very good shooting basketball team, but now it is, and from three point range. I mean, listen, they're going to get to they're going to get to the rim a fair amount just because they have those kind of guys, and the system is going to get them to the rim whether they're yeah they're picking cutting them all game. And, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but the three point shooting is, I mean, there were a couple of games. What was it? They, they they made a 20, 23, 24 three pointers in a game. Was that against Milwaukee? I think last year. Yeah. Uh, they can explode on you in in that way, and and I just don't expect anything to change with with their offense. I think it'll get honestly. I think it'll get it faster with. Will I think it'll get faster too. Do you have any concerns about living dying by the three point line with what you just said? Um. <laughs> I, I would if I felt like they were a 32 percent, you know, three point. Well, consistency team. has been an issue yeah. in the past. But they were right around, I think, 37 percent as a team, and so if that is what it's going to be, then yeah, man, just fire bombs away. Yep. <laughs> but, you you know, got the green light. Yeah. <laughs> and, but but also they're a good, they're one of the better teams at generating open shots, and so that's, yes. that's actually a stat that the NBA tracks. Of course, it is. Yeah, they, they, the stats are amazing. Unreal. Now. And I love them all. Yeah. <laughs> Numbers nerds over here. You'll get a lot of it on 24K. There's no doubt about that. And the Nuggets are one of the better shot-generating teams, and so open shot-generating teams. So they're, they're taking open shots. If you're taking open threes, like I'm going to trust Jamal Murray and Gary Harris and Trey Lyles and Will Bar- You know, These guys can knock it down uh, from the perimeter, so I don't think that'll be a problem. But you alluded to this, too. I mean, they're going to play faster. They're, they're, they want to hit a head. If you quicker. can even believe that. Yeah, you know, they want to get from the backcourt to the frontcourt in lightning speed and then try to work early offense before they even get into anything that would be more scripted. Yep. And so if they, the more they can do that, uh, you know, listen, the faster they'll be, the more points they'll score. Uh, I, I think it's going to be an exciting team uh, from that aspect. Yeah, and even listening to Malone, of course, training camp, the first couple questions that everybody wants to know, what's the identity of this team? What right. are you putting your emphasis on? What are those things? Well, 
Malone said unselfish, which obviously has to do with the offense and the way that they share the ball, the way we were just talking about. Up-tempo, which they're going to play even faster. And he said that they're a team that genuinely cares about each other. It's not just about, you know, who scores when or whatever's happening there. It's like, no, we're not playing just to play. Like, we're playing for each other, which I thought was cool. That's a cool part for him to say that's a part of our identity right now is these guys, like, genuinely get along. And Isaiah Thomas, too, when he said yeah. why he picked Denver, the guys genuinely seem to like each other. That's not a lie. Like, that is very true, and we can feel that being around him at training camp. Yeah. But then there's defense. <laughs> oh, yeah, the other side of basketball. <laughs> and obviously the Nuggets were uh, not – they did not perform very well on that end of the court uh, last season. And so then there was – there's going to be a, a huge emphasis on that this season. And I thought Paul Millsap was actually – uh, he was amusing. I, I think he was halfway serious. Somebody asked him. Somebody asked him about defense, and he says, "Well, you know, or how good can the Nuggets be as a defensive team?" And he says something to the effect of, "Well, I, you know, I shoot for the shoot for the sky. Yeah, the top moon. five. Top five is what I think we would." Okay, well, we'll, we'll see about all of that. <laughs> Let's just step on the brakes for a quick second here. We don't we don't all have the Paul Millsap mentality on the defensive side of the ball. And I don't know why I said we. The Nuggets as a team don't have that yet. But the question remains, can they be an improved team on the defensive end? What say you? Yes. I mean, I, I hope so. Can they be an improved team? I Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I, I think they will be, and, and here's why. Um, I, I think Paul Millsap will have a lot to do with that. I mean, he missed 44 games last year. No question. Um, so, you know, you get him back on the court for the majority of the season, and you have one of your best defenders, maybe the best defender on your team, um, on the court for the majority of the time. That just is going to help over the course of the season. Um, I, I think uh, a healthy Mason Plumley is going to – uh, be a big deal because he, when you're talking about rim protection in the Nuggets, there's not a ton of it, um, but he provides probably most of it, whatever it is. Um, and he's healthy this year. And, and, and we didn't talk about him early on, um, but he's coming off of core surgery. and uh, But he just looks so much more explosive, um, just move around the court a lot better. Uh, he's the kind of guy that is obviously physical on the hedges, on, the, on, on pick and rolls. Uh, and then he's the kind of guy who's not just going to get bumped around, pushed around in the paint. Uh, it's going to challenge shots, going to block his fair uh, share of shots. Um, I think that Gary Harris, he came out of Michigan State with a reputation, uh, reputation of being a great defender. Um, he got, the, the, the first year he scored a bunch of points, the year he finished eighth in the NBA in three-point percentage, which was about two seasons ago, I think he felt like he could play better defense. And I thought last season he got back to a lot of that. And I think this season, he's going to get back to that even more. See, one of the things that some, you, you have to understand, you have to, your body has to um, get used to is when you're a two-way player, when you're counted on to be one of the leading scorers and one of the best defenders, it's a lot of energy. So how do you navigate Well, that runs? right there is why I think that Gary Harris is one of the most underrated players in the NBA. Mm -hmm. Because he is so smart and can go for so long putting as much effort and emphasis on both ends of the floor that he does. It's For those who really know basketball, it is so underappreciated yeah. what he is capable of doing for this Nuggets team. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And, then, and, and, and his ability to be, uh, you know, a, a really um, 
I don't want to use lockdown again, but just one of the better, a really, really good perimeter defender mm-hmm. is something the Nuggets are going to need. You just don't want, you can't just have guards just, or anybody else just driving, drive right by you on the perimeter into no. the paint, collapsing everything and kicking out, doing whatever they want. Um, so I, he'll be good in that respect. Um, I, I just think there are some individuals who are good defenders, and sooner or later that has to turn the tide. Yeah, especially when they are taking it seriously. Nikola Jokic took it more seriously. Not a great defender, but took it more seriously. Made some strides last year. Uh, Michael Malone talked about Will Barton making strides last year um, in terms of his defense. And I thought some of his one-on-one defense um, last season was actually really uh, pretty exemplary. Um, So we'll see if he can continue to build on that and become a a better defender. Uh, And then just their ability to, I, I think for the, you know, their communication and their multiple efforts are going to be a big deal. For sure. So. I have a couple quick thoughts on that, too. I'm excited to see what Tory Craig can do on right. the defensive side of the ball, especially being on a full NBA contract now um, and practicing with the Nuggets and, and getting that sort of thing um, a little bit more refined, I guess, and, and having that be a greater focus for him and having the attention that he's going to get now with this coaching staff and this team and, and the group that he's going to be playing with. Excited to see how that develops. The other thing, too, that we need to keep in mind, and this is another thing that Malone said about the identity of this team, is they need to be a very good rebounding team, Mm -hmm. and they need to be able to scramble defensively. Um, And the only way that the Nuggets are going to be able to push the pace and they're going to be able to run is if they can be a good rebounding team because you you can't run if you don't get the rebound. So that is going to be huge. And it's great, the extra efforts on the offensive side of the ball. We need to get O boards, but we need to limit teams. To, to how many awards they get as well. That's going to be a huge key. The rebounding is going to be really important for yeah. this Nuggets team, I think. Absolutely. Um, and, and we're beginning right here in training camp, so there's a lot to work on. There's still four or five preseason games to be able to, uh, to be played. Um, so we'll watch this team grow over the course of the month. Uh, before we get out of here, actually, I want a win total prediction from you for the Nuggets this season. That's just mean. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm going to 50 plus for sure. 50 plus. 53. 53. 53. 53. 53 will Optimistic. get you in the playoffs. Will it though? Because we thought 46. Is that what they ended <laughs> with last year? Last week, yeah. Yeah. We yeah. thought that would get us into the playoffs. I, th- I would have thought that that would have gotten them in the playoffs, but then it didn't. And but I listen, I agree with you with the 50. I'm, I'm going to go 50 even. And I think that will get them in the playoffs. I remember, even in this Western Conference, which I think might require you to get 50 just to get in. Oh, I think so. So we'll, you know, we'll see, you know, how that kind of unfolds with this Western Conference. But, you know, when when the Western Conference, when people talk about how tough the Western Conference is, I, I you know, the Nuggets are actually part of that equation. Yes. It's not, you know, there's sometimes there's a, a tendency for for Nuggets observers to look outside in, right? So as when they're referring to the Nuggets, oh my gosh, the Western Conference is just so tough. Well, okay, but the Nuggets are part of the reason why the Western Conference is. That's exactly, exactly what I was just so thinking. Tough. Yes. Yeah. And so, um, you know, listen, it's not going to be an easy trip to come to Denver and win. It's not going to be an easy trip when Denver comes anywhere else to to beat them. And uh, you know, and, and and so they're going to figure into that equation. I have 50 wins. I have a playoff spot for the Nuggets, uh, which would be their first playoffs in six seasons. Um, and, and I'm looking forward to it. It should be a lot of a, a really fun season. 
It's going to be a really fun season. And we're going to be with you all season long. <laughs> we sure will. Yeah. <laughs> Katie, the first one is in the books. It is, it is, it is, it is. Thanks for reading. Thanks for joining us. We'll <laughs> talk to you next week. <laughs>